Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Temptation Island Rehab Up. Today, we are talking about Season 3, Episode 6, uh, Unexpected Loss. My name is Kirsten McKinnis, and I'm joined, as always, by the marvelous Maggie Morgan. Hi, Maggie. What's up? Hi, Kirsten. Um, I'm doing really well. This episode of Temptation Island was a little sleepy for me. It was a little heavy for me. I'm used to, you know, the past few weeks we've gotten really spoiled by having like dumb singles drama. So I was a bit like, oh no, there's like a lot of heavy stuff happening in this episode, but I'm excited to talk about all of it and maybe try to make this a bit lighter, you know, um, in the face of all of it. So I'm excited to be here. Amazing. Yeah, I you know, we'll, we'll figure out how to make it funny because we have an amazing guest to help us with that. Evan Windsor is here. Evan, how are you? I am doing fantastic. I am so glad to be here. Uh, the show finally has, you know, some sort of queer drama happening with at least one bisexual <laughs> and talks of a throuple. So it's like right in my wheelhouse. And also there's no longer anyone named Evan on the show that sucks really bad. So perfect time <laughs> to have me here. Yeah. You're not hearing us every week be like, screw Evan. <laughs> I was going to walk in here and be like, Maggie, I hope you reach your true potential, but everybody else. Sayonara. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that would have been iconic. Uh, but yeah, I wish I wish you would have. Would I have cried if Evan came in like that? Maybe. I don't know. No, I wouldn't yeah. have cried, but it would have depends been. on the day. Um, OK, so before before we jump into this episode, first of all, I finally clocked what the other lyric in the theme song is. And it what goes, it? Um, you're not going to tempt me. You'll never forget me. Which oh, I feel like I is no very idea. dark. Yeah. Also, it is very dark. Also, I I had no idea that that was the other lyric. I truly just thought it was "You're not going to tempt me" about seventeen times. They do that a bunch of times. It's like fifteen times. Yeah. Oh, and then sorry. Like, also, it's like you. Verbose. It's like you aren't going to tempt me, but also you will never forget me. I will be on your brain forever. Yeah, Alexis. That's what she's saying to Kendall before they go to bed at night. No, Kendall has tempted her. Oh man, or she's te- no, she's tempting Kendall, right? She has tempted. She's you'll never yeah, no, forget me. She has tempted Kendall, and I think in real time, Kendall has assuredly forgotten about her. I would, I would be willing to uh, bet a lot of money on yeah. that. Actually, I bet the house on that one. <laughs> the, the theme song was like extra awkward this week too, because I had the scenes from last week and it ended like right where last week's episode ended. So it's like Markel Wahlberg going over against her and she's like, my brother died. It was an overdose. And all of a sudden it's like, you're not going to tell me. It was just like such a total whiplash. I was like, this some editor needs to be fired right now. It's, it's classic Temptation Island, isn't it? Like, like there's no balance at all. There's like no. tonally, tonally, the show makes zero sense, like zero sense whatsoever. Yeah. And that's why we get weeks like this week where it's all about um, like loss and uh-huh. like sad, heavy things. And then like other weeks weeks we're like oh that was so fun we just saw someone cheat on their partner with two people that was fine like fun (laughs) yeah fun um so evan how have you been enjoying the season so far uh do you have any particularly hot takes about any of the the couples or singles um i think my hottest take is that aaron well okay let me phrase this differently erica obviously protagonist no debate Mm aaron might be like 
my favorite though and Ooh. everyone thinks Aaron is like super boring it doesn't like her but I'm a, I'm a fan so I'm I want to hear why can yeah, you can please you unpack divulge? this for us she I don't know if it's just that she's a soccer player or if she just <laughs> is like <laughs> the most similar to being a lesbian and is therefore my type I'm not sure <laughs> there was just something about her I was like alright <laughs> I'm on board oh here. Wait, wait, so you just have a crush on her? Well, you know, okay. I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> <laughs> she is very beautiful. To be to be fair, she's very beautiful, and she does seem like a guy's girl, but not in like a bad way. Because clearly, she's very close with the other girls at the villa, and I don't mean like a guy's girl in the way where it's like she's not like other girls, and she I doesn't don't know. Have a I think she would say that. I think she would say I'm not like. I don't. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but I also think that she like has made it very clear based off of her relationship with the other girls at the villa that like she's a good friend and like nice mm-hmm. to be around. Like she's so sweet and going to the like first scene, you know, Kristen is talking to our therapist, Mark L. Wahlberg about her loss. And, and Aaron is like immediately moves in to give her a hug and comfort her. And I think that the bond that all of these, you know, women in the couples have is very, um, very lovely actually to watch. It makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside because I'm not like, oh no, this person is going to go back to the villa and spiral out with a bunch of people drunk around them. Like it's very clear that they're taking care of each other. You know, I, I think that's, yeah, that's definitely a good point. And I feel like this is a good episode for an Aaron fan to come on for Mm -hmm. it. I feel like I actually really liked Aaron in this episode. Um, I think she's having a lot of, of realizations and like maybe i identify with her a little bit um mm. i don't know yeah it's just like of all of the couples is drama i think like i'm most on board personally with the Aaron stuff so that's that's well, certainly part of it i i feel like you know i this whole time have been like what are any of these people doing together none of them should be together but actually this episode i really turned a corner on julian and Kristen. me too and not to like jump the shark a little bit and talk you know later in the episode but i was like oh i actually am at the point now where i i want them to be together at the end of this like i want them to figure this out because you know hearing what she and maybe we can just start sort of get into it now but like we we don't have to go in in chronological order if this what we want to talk yeah. about this what we want to talk about this is our podcast exactly Kristen <laughs> yeah I don't know why am I making these rules for um, myself I'm but, like I'm like, like Kristen making rules for myself yeah come on it's we're just vibing here um mm-hmm. and so the thing too with that is like this episode made me want Julian and Kristen mm-hmm. to figure it out but it also made me believe that that might actually be possible whereas yes. up to this point I felt like Kristen is so shut off to Julian mm-hmm. that it's just not going to happen and that she just wants to break up no matter what whereas now we're starting to unpack where it's like oh they have this horrible shared trauma they have never talked about and obviously that's created a like a wall between them and uh now they're both talking about it they're both seeing clips of each other talking about it like maybe they're gonna be okay mm-hmm I think also we've been sort of hypothesizing over the past, you know, six weeks about like, well, she brought him here as a test to try because she wants to get rid of him. But like, 
now I sort of understand that I don't think she does want to get rid of him and sort of like the conclusion that she came to, which is like, I am holding myself at a distance from everyone I love because I can't go through a loss like that again. Um, It made perfect sense to me. I was like, oh, this makes complete sense. Also, it makes sense that, you know, they kept referencing this cheating that Julian has done on her this whole time. They've been talking about how he's cheated on her and how he's done this to her. But I, I looked on her Instagram She lost her brother. She posted for his birthday or something in like 2018. Just like timeline wise, not to like go through her private Instagram account and like go in her business, but just to get like a bit of a timeline. She posted for her brother's birthday and he had already passed away in 2018, I believe. So this was at least like four or five years ago that he cheated on her. And this wasn't like last year he cheated on her, you know, which I do think Mm -hmm. gives context to the whole situation. Because if they've been together since they were 15, I would imagine she probably went away to college and that's when it happened. I buy that. I bought. I bought bored of this story that you yeah. had spun. Um, Maggie Morgan, <laughs> maybe she can DM me. World's greatest detective uh, really went to find the primary sources to put together a timeline for this case, and you know what? It adds up. Uh, I I just can't imagine. I would never have thought to do that, and that's why I have to have you here with me. Um, one DM thing. me, Kristen. Let me know uh, if you're listening. Let me know if it's true. Sorry for being and in your business. Kristen, <laughs> if you're listening, we just want you to be happy and we like you a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aaron, if you're listening, DM me <laughs> just for other reasons. <laughs> um, so at the start of the it. episode, when they're finishing up the bonfire, this is when they're really talking about the overdose. And Marco Wahlberg goes... Oh, how did that make you feel when Kristen talks about finding her dead brother? I know. Yeah, this was weird. He just like, like at the end of last episode, like, oh, he's actually like doing the caring host thing. But then he rolls over and he starts like interrogating her almost. It's like, how did that make you feel? Did you feel responsible? Do you think you're responsible? I'm just like, what the what the heck, man? Back off. Give her a room to breathe and answer your questions before you start accusing her. Maybe don't ask that question. Maybe don't ask someone if they feel risk. Like, you know what? She hasn't spoken with her boyfriend of 11 years about this. I don't think she wants to talk to you, Mark. I think he really fancies himself to be a therapist, like, which is fine. I get it. I like to, you know, sometimes fancy myself to be like a therapist as well with my friends, you know, where I, I, Marco Wahlberg's probably a type two Enneagram like me, you know, just wanting to help others. I get it, Mark, but I'm not sure that this was the correct approach. Like if maybe we shouldn't have like been so lacking in subtlety with this one. The poor, poor girl. I really, it made me really, really sad. This whole talk. It was, it was really tough to watch. You know, yeah, it's really hard. And then they do the whiplash of going straight to the men's bonfire. (laughs) And so here's the thing that I've really noticed about the men's bonfires versus the women's bonfires. At the women's bonfires, they see their boyfriends being the worst men possible and just doing (laughs) horrible things. Except Corey. Except Corey. Corey has done mm-hmm. truly nothing wrong. I yeah. maybe mm-hmm. when I thought Corey was horrible, I was misreading the situation. Um we'll maybe talk about later in that episode. Um, so Corey really redeems himself in my yeah. eyes and for anything. But yes, continue. But then at the men's uh bonfires, they just see like really emotional, like 
sad things about how like their girlfriends are going through a hard time and it's such a a big difference (laughs) I I feel like it's just sort of like a case study in like heteronormative like relationship um you know like boundaries and, and things like the girls all go yeah and talk about their feelings and the guys like are getting physical and it's like that's not yeah i i don't know i agree with you kirsten it's it's sort of like bizarre to me i yeah i don't know yeah the way the guys act like around the bonfire is also completely different like the girls are all mm-hmm. very very supportive of each other like mm-hmm. you know you're great we're here for each other like when they get home they tell all the single guys like go away they have a little little girl mm-hmm. sit down with martinis yeah <laughs> love it love it the men are just like, as soon as they get the car, like, you know what? Your girlfriend's a bitch and she should not have done that. <laughs> well, and the other thing, too, though, is like, <laughs> the only exception to that is that nobody is saying that to Kendall because no. universally everyone recognizes that Kendall is the worst man alive, except for Alexis and Nicole and Kendall. Uh- Honestly, Kendall really is terrible. Like, I left this episode and, like, you know, this is, like, dumb trash reality television, right? Like, you shouldn't be thinking about it for longer than you watch it. And yet I found myself, like, very disturbed by some of the comments that Kendall made to the point, like, I was texting my mom about it afterwards and, like, really getting into it with her because I was like, this this guy just, like is a menace to all women. I, like I he's a menace to society, honestly. I he can't. Sent, I sent a friend a voice memo during a specific Kendall scene that maybe I'll play um for the pod. Please. Um <laughs> yeah, uh, I, Kendall shouldn't be allowed to be on TV. And that's and also I would like to make one counterpoint to you Maggie and that's mm-hmm. we should be thinking about the show when we watch it and when we listen to the Temptation Islander half up. And then of course. Come on. Of course, of course, <laughs> of course. You know what I meant. Um did either of you notice that Thomas is now Tom full time now that the other Tom got sent home? <laughs> he is. Yes, I noticed that too cuz I I had had him in my notes, you know, as Thomas and I was like, "Oh, now everybody's calling him Tom." But also like I'm so sorry. Listen, I know that like Kristen and I have been sort of having a debate of like whether what Thomas is doing is kosher or not. I'm so sorry, but he's saying blatantly in his confessionals, he has a crush on Sophia. It's just not going to get physical because of the line with Chelsea. I'm so sorry. If you have a crush on someone, the line has been crossed. You have a crush on someone you're going on dates with, like you're telling national television you have a crush on somebody else. No, Thomas sucks. Like he really, really sucks. He's a step above socks. He sucks. Yeah. Like here's the thing, because we might as well get into this now because it was going to happen at some point. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Polly. And so I like to watch the show through a Polly lens and like think mm-hmm. about if these relationships were Polly relationships. Like mm-hmm. they're so, this would be a very different show if these people all had open relationships and like were loving and supportive of mm-hmm. each other and that. But mm-hmm. when you're in a relationship with somebody who isn't Polly and you are in that relationship, there are spoken or unspoken there are agreed upon rules right and you don't just get a free pass to do whatever you want because of who you are so like i i don't think tom is a bad person for thinking these things or wanting to do these things 
but it does push him outside of the monogamous relationship he has with yes. Chelsea. Yeah, it's it's boundaries. Exactly. exactly. The boundaries that they set, the very clear boundaries. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing too, or is even if they did have a poly relationship, but he was doing things that are outside of what's been communicated in that relationship, still not not right. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I, I, you know what? Maybe monogamy, not for Tom. And that's okay. It's not mm-hmm. for everyone. And- <laughs> And Sophia, man, she is feeling Tom. We'll discover later in the episode. For him to leave this 22-year-old alone. I'm sorry. It's just, I can't. I cannot get over the fact. She's grown. She's grown. She's a consenting adult. Yeah, Yeah, she's a consenting adult, but he is is gross. I'm sorry. Yeah, like I go both ways on this because I start out with like, this is gross. He's much, much older than her. And my wife is 11 years older than me. You could have big age differences. It can work, but mm-hmm. uh, you know it's also very creepy when an almost forty-year-old is you know touching the butt of an almost twenty-year-old in a sensual manner. And, and it's like on TV. This is that's the thing about yeah, that if they were scene. Quiet, if they were quietly dating, in yes. the world, I would never think about <laughs> it, and it would never occur to me to be bothered. But the fact that I'm seeing it, like all I can think about is in Mean Girls when the principal's like, Coach Carr, step away from the underage girl. Like that's how <laughs> I feel when I see Tom. So- I also that scene in general, Evan. I like. Mm, I, I was like, this is so because. Because I, I was like trying not to be judgmental, right? I'm like trying to have a somewhat open mind while I'm watching this. But I'm like, this scene is like, if you were privately doing this in the comfort of your privacy, have your fun. But I don't need to watch someone write their name in mud on your ass. Like, I just don't need to do that. That's not what I signed up for. What I love is Tom is like, but I can't kiss her because that breaks the rules. But writing your name on her ass and smacking it doesn't listen. Absolutely not. I'm uh uh. Yeah. No. (laughs) The audacity. Like marking your property by writing your name on it. That is definitely line crossing. Yes. Com- completely. I mean, do we want to today, maybe, instead of going in chronological order, do we want to just talk about like each couple and their yeah. journey throughout the I th- episode? I, honestly, I think that will work better for this episode because I feel like a lot of progress was made. Mm-hmm. Um, so with uh, like the Tom, Chelsea, Blake, Sophia of it all, that they're kind mm-hmm. of all intermingled here. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that the Dr. Blake storyline is obviously progressing hardcore. And I'm sorry, Kirsten. I think we're going to see a Dr. Blake sex scene. I really do. I I think that we're going to have to watch him yeah, and Chelsea make I sweet, mean, sweet love. I, I think it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. That's what Chelsea <laughs> said. So, so I'm, I'm curious about what we did see this week. Because I think we saw something, but then the show just didn't address it. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, uh, so he I, had a boner in the pool. Yeah, that yeah. Was they, like he was rubbing his dick on her back, yeah, right? Because he's yeah. like, "Do you feel that?" And then everyone's like, "Man, what a nice hug they had." And I'm like, "That was that was not a hug. That was a dick rubbing." There's some heavy petting happening in the pool for sure. And yeah, he's like, "Do you feel that?" And she's like, "Yeah, I feel that." And I think that maybe the show is like, "Like, oh, do you feel like the love that we're no, having?" No, um, it's it's it you're was, right. It's the dick rubbing. It, it was his dick. Um, that's 
what that's what they chose to show on television. That's what you get. See, this is what we don't get on Love Island because it airs at 8 p.m. on CBS. Temptation Island is on 10 p.m. on USA Network and they can get away with a lot. Okay, but here's the thing. Why is it on at 10 p.m.? Because you know what's on at 8 p.m.? Reruns of Temptation Island. Temptation Island is also <laughs> on at 8 p.m. Why can't we just have it then? When I could go to bed at a reasonable time. <laughs> Wait, so they show like old seasons or old episodes? No, it's it's like they showed episode four, then episode five, and then at 10, episode six. So it's like, oh my goodness. It's what? like, I don't get it. I it's guess, like, no, wait. Actually, it makes sense because uh, I feel like if you are flipping on USA Network mm-hmm. at eight, you'll stay through till 11. You'll stay and watch all three episodes. And, and they're appealing to the people who have like melted into their couch by now on this part of the pandemic. Yeah, and their brain has melted if they're watching the show, as my mother always says. Like, my brain um, is melting what, watching Mary? the show. You're watching too. So, <laughs> exactly. I, I asked like this. I asked my good Twitter friend, Markel Wahlberg, to move the show earlier, and he didn't do anything about it. And I'm very cross with him. Oh, man. Mark, help out, Evan. Come on. Um, I feel okay. I feel like so we got um, Chelsea and Blake went on a date together. Mm-hmm. Um, they, yeah, they did. They went on that date and sh- she came back from the date and like had her was bright eyed and all of the girls were like, Oh my gosh, I've never really seen you like this. Yeah. And I she think- was like, I'm getting scared because I really like him. Well, and she said, you know, what's the scariest thing of all. I didn't even think about Tom while I was there. And that is fair because I, I have always felt when I've been in love in my life, I, everything that I do, I'm thinking about the person that I love and like what they would like, if they would enjoy doing this with me. And like, if, if I'm ever having an interaction um, with a guy, I'm always like, Oh, is this appropriate? Like, would I be, am I being disrespectful to this person that I love? Not in like a, like, just like personally, that is how I sort of go about when I'm in love. And so I can imagine that that would have sort of freaked her out if she's on a date and she's not thinking about her boyfriend who she's supposed to be loving so much at all. I liked, I think it was Erica who was like, so do you think that's a sign or? Like... Yes. I think <laughs> it was Aaron actually with the spot on advice. Mm-hmm. Classic. Oh, yeah. Aaron. Our Classic girl Aaron. Aaron. <laughs> um, now, Blake and Chelsea, was their date just sitting next to a tree? I think their date might have been just sitting next to a tree. Like a picnic? Yeah, like the, so the dates on this episode yeah. were wild. So I have that written like, down too. Um, Kendall and Alexis, their date was sitting in the back of a pickup truck. Um, beautiful. Like, by the way, be- Hawaii looks amazing oh yeah. on the Hawaii show. Hawaii looks beautiful. I'm sure it's beautiful in person. I want to go there. Hopefully Braden wins Big Brother Canada so we can go. Um, but I don't think sitting in the back of a pickup truck is a date. <laughs> I don't yeah. watching the no. sunset with uh with the what were they uh lattes they were drinking. Like I guess you could go watch the sunset. Like I guess that would count as a date. I don't know. <laughs> and like you know, Aaron's off windsurfing, and then they have like a sit down picnic on the beach. And meanwhile, Corey sits in a hammock. And that's no, the entirety. We didn't get to see Corey have an actual date in this episode. We just got to see like casual hangs. I thought yeah. I thought that was his date. Sitting in a hammock no, was the date. I hope that that was oh, that was cut right. in with the date. Then Tom and Sophia get a date which is exfoliating each other on the beach. 
It's weird. Are it's you- so, I don't understand. Do you think that they were like doing like mud mask? Well, and the thing is, is they're like exfoliate, exfoliate. I'm like, why are you using the same exfoliating agent on your face as your body? Like, that's not good skincare. Like, maybe they just saw how sunburned Tom was. I thought, <laughs> let's get this man some skincare. But, you know, I wouldn't have gone straight to someone else's butt for that skincare. So, uh, well, you know what? He had a good time. He was like mu- just massaging her ass, like really going for it. And and the whole this is the part that disturbed me the most was that while he was massaging her ass, she was like, "Ooh, Tom, I love a little butt rub. And she's like talking through it. I was like, please, Sophia, stop commenting on the mud <laughs> on the butt. Yeah, the narration please. was really the worst part. I, oh, man. The worst part was definitely when Tom wrote Tom on her butt. Like, as you said, essentially marking her as his property and not as a human being, you know, with thoughts and, and feelings and a say in the situation. Um, ugh so gross um and so then i we can i feel like we'll just end with the bonfires as usual though so then um okay so then maybe i was gonna say we should probably talk about um julian and Kristen, so that we don't have like yeah. the big downer i think that's a, <laughs> the yeah. end. i mean i think that as long as we don't as long as we talk about aaron and Corey last i think we'll avoid like the major downers but yeah so let's Great. do um, Julian and Kristen. So at the start of the episode, um, Julian gets uh, the the bonfire moment of when Kristen is talking about how she's scared that he will pass the test and doesn't know why she sticks around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, I feel like he reacts really well. He's like, yeah, that's why we're here. Like, I've heard mm-hmm. this before. Yeah. yeah he- he, you know, I, I wrote, this was when I wrote in my notes, like, I genuinely do think that Julian's grown a lot and he won't do it again based off of what he's saying. Like, it's not just generic, like, I made a mistake. She's got to get over it. Like, it it felt very from the heart. And then, of course, we have therapist Mark Wahlberg really pressing him, trying to find the nugget of why he did it, you know? Yeah. What and which that was very weird to me because literally he's like, well, why'd you cheat? He's like, I didn't value what I had. I was being ignorant. Um, no, dig deeper. What's missing? He's like, well, my girlfriend gave me everything, and for some reason I put it aside. He's like, but what was the reason, Julian? <laughs> Tell us why you cheated. Julian, do you feel responsible? <laughs> like Marco Wahlberg wants Kristen and Julian to be together really badly. I think. Yeah, I I get it because I'm I'm sort of with Markel Wahlberg on that. Also, it, it reminds me of that Cardi B meme where she's like, "What was the reason?" <laughs> it's like it's like Markel Wahlberg is having that moment. But um, yeah, and then they they go back, you know, to the house, and he, he like they're in the car, and Kendall is like talking about how he's he's feeling this new wave of emotion because he's seeing Erica hurting and Julian says if you truthfully love her don't let it slip because I have and you'll never feel more helpless in your whole life and I do think that he's being really genuine about it because he just watched a clip where it's like clearly years later he still can't make it up to her and they're still really struggling you know yeah and then this is when Julian starts kind of hanging out with Maya a little bit which I feel like 
obviously like there's no romantic spark between Julian and Maya, but I think that they've become buds, which is kind of mm-hmm. cute. Um, talking about how Kristen like bottles up her emotions, like doesn't let people see her cry, uh, like that kind of thing. Uh, and like Julian's like, okay, like we're, we're in a mess here. And this is, this episode is where Julian starts bringing up Kristen's brother passing away, uh, which is, it's interesting because he hasn't seen that she's talking about that yet, but it's obviously like such a shared trauma between them Mm -hmm. that it, like it transcends the relationship. It's really, it's so sad. You know, he, he says that he has her brother tattooed on his leg and that he promised to take care of Kristen, like the last conversation that he had with her brother. And he starts, you know, like, falling on camera and you can tell he does not want to be showing that kind of emotion on camera but like you said Kristen it's very top of mind for him right now and you know when Kristen's on her date and they're both talking her and her date are talking about how they have experienced loss at the hands of addiction I was like this is so tragic both of these people have gone through really really tragic experience and experiences and I can't believe that we're getting like this level of tragedy and emotion on a temptation island episode you know it's it's very um very sad yeah it's it's a lot and i i feel like it's really good for Kristen that she started clicking a little bit more with juan um because he like she gets to express her grief but also can still kind of have the security blanket of like being there for him in his grief um which like i i relate to Kristen a lot in the like not sharing emotions and keeping walls up and and that kind of thing and so I feel like it's a really good fit because she's with someone that she can talk to about it in the meantime but also she even though she's being vulnerable she doesn't have to feel as vulnerable because he is also doing that and she can support him a little bit um Mm -hmm. which i think is is always helpful is it healthy i don't know but i think it's helpful for her probably yeah i think both of these two have found you know people in their couple you know couples singles that they're with on the dates that are both like not gonna wind up being romantic partners for them but are both gonna like be really important pieces in these two coming back together and i love it wait what mm-hmm. if okay what if okay oh my god end of the season julian and Kristen back together maya and Jawan find love and they become like couple friends i'm here for it double dates on let's board. do it right yes very yes. on board i think that would be really cute um Anyways, sorry. Uh, but yeah, basically the, the the trauma between them is like, it's just, it, it transcends a romantic relationship. Like mm-hmm. they, these two, again, they need therapy and mm-hmm. not from Mark L. Wahlberg. Like, Agreed. It's Agreed. not, it's not enough. Um, what were their dates? I don't even remember. Uh, she was like sort of on a picnic situation. And I don't remember where Julian was. Yeah, they were like, like sitting next to a tree, but like a jungly <laughs> tree. Mm, of course. Maybe they went on an excursion. Yeah, there Hawaii. may have been a Jeep in the background. I'm not sure. Yeah, they. I, the, the date, I feel like they spent all of their budget on alcohol. So the dates are suffering. Um. That's okay. I mean, no, but they, okay, can we talk about that? Because it seems like they are drinking 24-7. My liver, 
my liver would pass away. Like, I I don't know how I, I could do that. I, I, they literally like show them partying and then they wake up right in the morning and they're grilling and they're drinking again and making, you know, mojitos and stuff. So I think, I think the situation is truly, if they were to stop drinking, they would have a hangover so profound that they would not be (laughs) able to film the show anymore. And so they're like, you know what, just let them keep drinking. They'll be drunk for a month and a half, but our production will stay on schedule um they probably got like a back room of like banana bags for hydration (laughs) (laughs) what do you think that they spend on alcohol production oh geez it's hard because i don't know how much alcohol costs in america it's uh it's a lot Mm -hmm. just because they're always doing like tequila shots too right it's not just like they're drinking like beers or something yes they're they're drinking like alcohol exactly and, and making, you know, like daiquiris and margaritas and you need lots of different can types we, of alcohol for that. Can we talk about how good the daiquiris looked in this episode? They did. In, in I'd the be on board. I mm-hmm. want a frozen drink. It's cold and rainy outside, but I'm like, yeah, I want a frozen drink. Can you imagine being on the villa? Like this honestly has stressed me out since the very first episode. That like they're all living in this house with a bunch of people they don't know. And, and they all have to, like, cook for each other in the morning? Like, I thought that these meals would be catered, but it appears as though they all cook. Yeah, And that I'm, would stress me out. The dishes alone would stress me out. So, my guess is that this is done, like, somewhat similarly to uh, Love Island, which is where normally they have to make their own breakfast, but they get, like, craft services for... Oh, okay. That would... That would actually make perfect sense, because the only time that I've ever seen them cooking is breakfast. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming, and I'm assuming they don't actually have to do all the dishes either. Um, yeah, that's my. That's why I was, I was gonna say, do you think that they have like a person making daiquiris for them? <laughs> I just gasped. Yes. So, I gasped so much at the concept of someone just making daiquiris that I just stopped being able to breathe for a moment. Um, I got really excited. I really, I want a frozen drink. I want a froze though, is what I want. Yeah, what a that dream. is a headache in a glass. Yeah, what a dream. Or what a dream. Yeah, it's summer, okay? I'm going to get headaches. Of course. Of I, yeah, I can't wait to go out drinking again. And I didn't even go out drinking before, but now it's going to happen. <laughs> oh, Evan, do you just wait till that border opens? I'll come visit. Yeah. <laughs> get a frozen drink. It'll We're going to like stay up until like 9.15. We're going to go crazy. <laughs> hey, I have it. I know now that you can make it to 11.30. So, because, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, this episode was just randomly an extra half it was, hour long. It was an hour and 12 minutes, which is such a <laughs> weird thing. Yeah, and then commercials, of course. No, like with it, the commercials. It oh, ended what? at, it ended at 11.12. Oh. I don't that get it. Bizarre. It's but, and for I, what? So wait, what started airing on USA Network at eleven thirteen? I don't have that information. Oh no, I do. I would, it do. Temptation Island episode one. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, no. you know what? Yes, that is absolutely oh true. And it's funny because I was thinking, like, you know what? I haven't seen like their intro packages in a while, and it might be fun to go back and watch those at some point. And then like. That's the next thing that's coming on. I didn't stay up for it. I went to bed because it was very late for me. I am old. But. <laughs> old. Oh, my God. Um, that is hilarious. So, wait, USA Network is kind of like MTV and Temptation Island is their ridiculousness. It I sounds guess, like yeah. it. 
Also, they they basically only play Temptation Island in Law and Order reruns. So, you know, I mean, you you got to do what you can over at USA Network. Name a better a better network. I, Temptation Island and Law and Order. What more could you want? But like, honestly, I I really can't. And they had Psych too, which is the the third of the amazing trinity that is USA Network. They they apparently have a reality show with the Miz from the challenge. So. <laughs> Except he's old now too, oh, so they people love the Miz, and also this challenge All Stars is starting soon, and there are legitimately people in their fifties competing on it. So I love it. Uh, ageism Fine. is dead in twenty twenty one, of oh. course. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, so now should we move on to let's do let's do Kendall and Erica. Um, yeah, and so did on like less of a downer. I'm, I'm right. so sorry that I've like completely derailed this podcast. No, no. oh my god, it's just I'm, like it's I'm, all over the place. What happens here? Uh, no, wait, I'm sorry. Have you not been listening? Yeah, oh, I have been. I was gonna say that makes me think you haven't been listening to us. <laughs> wait, so um, Maggie, did Mary have any thoughts on yes, we need Mary Thomas or? Yes. Okay. So my mom, just for transparency's sake, she missed the first 20 minutes of the episode. Okay. Um, but she did say, hold on, we, we can say, well, the, <laughs> uh, the thing that she did say about Chelsea and uh, Thomas, it has to do with their second bonfire. So maybe we should save it. But uh, she did have to say that Chelsea just can't believe Tom is smacking another girl's butt. She's going straight back into Dr. Blake's arms. Another couple bites the dust. <laughs> I The other thing, too, is it's so funny because Chelsea's whole thing is, oh, Tom is so flirty and it bothers me. And then I... It, she sees him being flirty and is like, I knew it. Yeah. Well, my mom also said, you know, Thomas is devastated by Chelsea's clip. He's realizing they're on the path of a breakup. He didn't think he had to worry about her cheating. Um, she probably didn't think she would see you spanking another girl's ass. <laughs> Mic drop, mom. I Mic think, drop. Like, weren't they the ones who had the rule of like no sitting on the bed? Like if sitting yes. on the bed oh, is yeah. not allowed, smacking yes. ass not allowed. Like Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I've been saying this whole time. Like, Thomas, I'm sorry, but oh, we didn't even talk about the fact that Sophia kissed his entire face except for oh, his yeah. mouth. Well, he was wrong. trying. He was, like, moving his mouth away. <laughs> Which, like, also, Thomas, take a hint, maybe? Or, no, not Thomas, Sophia. Your kisses are not wanted if I he's mean, moving but the away thing from is, you. Is he does want to kiss her, but he just doesn't want the footage to exist of them kissing. Until after mm-hmm. he sees Chelsea and Dr. Blake hook up, and then he is gonna, like, go Mm -hmm. for it which i think is the exact opposite of what we anticipated from these two but it's the same path regardless yeah but it's like you know they're each like pushing each other forward until one of them finally breaks and i do think it'll be chelsea to break first i think the second dr blake tries to go for it 
it, it's happening. Like I said, there will be a Dr. Blake sex scene before they, the, the they already is had, out. They already had the dick rubbing, so yeah. uh, <laughs> anything yeah. is possible. Ugh. Okay, so... Uh, okay. Kendall uh, and Erica. So Kendall's scene at the uh, bonfire at the start of the episode is when Erica was crying to Kristen about how she feels humiliated. She doesn't know what love looks like. She's been making Kendall look so good for so long and she's so tired and so are we. Um, and uh, Kendall is... I, I hate Kendall so much. I just like... He is truly a menace to society. He says it was difficult to watch and, you know, they had no set rules, but I guess Erica felt there were hidden rules. But this is the thing about him is that I knew in that first episode when he was like, there's no rules. It's because he wanted to do something yeah. like this. But the way that he phrased it to Erica is like, well, we don't, why would we need rules? We're in a relationship. Yeah. I'm going to change that. So like, I'm not because I remember at that dinner with Markel Wahlberg, she was like, we're in a relationship. Nothing about that's going to change. And here he is in confessional saying he's single. Um, he just like he said he would be hurt if Erica slept with someone. But like, you know, he says he's he doesn't know what she saw, but she was clearly highly disturbed. Are you kidding me, Kendall? You, you don't know you, what he knows she what saw, she saw. Really. Well, he knows. Yeah, he when, knows. When they go back to the their villa, and he's like, "I don't know what she saw," and literally everyone's like, "Uh, yeah, we know what she saw." Like, shut up, Kendall. Um, yeah, and and then Alexis is in the confessional, and she's like, "It's getting very real for me," and I didn't expect to really connect with someone. And she's like, "Acting evil." I know. I yeah, no, Alexis has definitely got an evil persona. She uses it on Instagram too. Um, something <laughs> I really liked that Kendall said, like not that I liked that Kendall said it, but like something that struck me was when he goes, Anything done in the dark will come to the light. Who does this man think he is? Like mm. And he's like, well, you know what? I want to fix things with Erica, but also I have to have this experience. Like, I'll die if I don't have this experience. Yeah, I, I have a I have a theory that the show is just burying him. That they are because every opportunity they have had, they have showed the thing that will devastate the person the most. Mm-hmm. Like, but with with this bonfire clip of Kendall, they showed him Erica feeling sad mm-hmm. when they had the footage of her being like, "Bitch, this is over. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I am a queen. This is over." And I think they're not showing him that so he could keep thinking like. Poor little Erica is going to be falling back into my Kendall arms and that she is not. And this is going to be so glorious to see. And I love that the show is preserving that for us. I'm worried that that might not be what happens is the problem. Um, Me too. But so so yeah, Alexa's laughing it off like that. Also, um, I wrote, he is the worst, but she is right there with him. But I also Mm -hmm. wonder what he has told her. Exactly. That's the thing. And and that's sort of what Erica brings up later, not to jump ahead, but what she brings up later, she's and she starts talking to Alexis and is like, be careful, girl, because he is so manipulative. And he is. But when Erica gets back, you know, she she's talking to uh, um, Jesse. Yeah, Jesse. And, you know, she's trying to tell tell him how she's feeling. And he seems sweet. Sweet. Jesse. I love luscious hair. I love Jesse. Like, mm-hmm capital L love Jesse when he literally mm-hmm. is like she's like yeah well this time I gotta watch him have sex with two people and he's mm-hmm. like you don't like you don't deserve this like what the hell this is so messed up mm-hmm. uh you need someone who's gonna be nice to you but also 
she's like, I might need to lean on you and I might want to talk to you about feelings. He's like, yeah, let me know. We can leave and we can go talk. And like from him, I get only good vibes of like, I want to help you. And like, I'm interested in you. Like he doesn't Mm -hmm. seem like, like the other shitty dudes who are like, I'm going to steal a girl. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's smash. Like he like genuinely just seems so nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree. And then when they go on that date, um, the next scene really with either of them featured is when they go on the dates and um, she's telling this guy that you like, cause he's like, I'm super close to my family. And she's like, Oh, I am too. But Kendall was always telling me, you know, I need to focus on myself and putting energy into them was taking energy away from myself. And Jesse clocks it and is like, you can't go back to this guy. And yeah. it's just like classic abuser behavior of isolating yeah. her from her family. And that's the thing that really was disturbing to me that I texted my mom afterwards and was like, wow, we're just airing this on television. Like mm-hmm. this is scary, scary stuff. Yeah, he's like, horrible. He, like he is, we've said it before and we'll say it again. He's literally abusive mm-hmm. um, to like isolating people is like the n- number one tool in an abuse mm-hmm. like hand, like toolbox. And to tell someone that their family is getting in the way of their growth. What is his obsession with growth? Like what cult is Kendall in? Yeah. Like, I I would like to figure out which self-help he is books he is reading and burn them all. Um, because obviously someone like has missed the plot completely. I th- I hate him so much. I hate this man. Yeah. I, in my notes, it just says Kendall sucks, and I had forgotten which thing it was he did that prompted it, but this is this was it. It's like to separate someone from their family is just just the worst. He and- really is so terrible like i i genuinely like if i saw him on the street i would heckle him and i'm not kidding i'd be like you get away from her (laughs) i would he's horrible the thing is maggie's like i would heckle him you're a two maggie and i what this eight would be doing if i encountered kendall um because it would not be pretty he's yeah, and then we cut him to him in that truck with yeah, the lattes. Sitting in the back of a yellow pickup truck. Making um, out. Making tonguing. out and talking about the future. It would never say tonguing again. That's what they were doing. It was gross. It was like very wet kisses. Yeah, and they're talking about like, are we going to have a family? How many kids are we going to have? And I'm like, no, you, you do not know this man. You have known him for like two weeks. And, yeah. and he has shown very awful behavior directly to you. You should be paying more attention. Well, and then even straight to Alexis's face, Kendall's like, yeah, I don't want to give up on Erica, though. Too late, buddy. Yeah. Too freaking late. He he wants to have his cake and eat it, too. Mm -hmm. He's the worst, like the literal worst. Um, I hate him and I want only bad things for him. But then when we come back to the house, Alexis and Kendall, you know, they're doing this masquerade ball and Alexis and Kendall go with Nicole into this little like chair thing. And Nicole starts referring. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. This interaction was so weird because in Mm -hmm. the confessional, Nicole is like, I don't want to get in between them, but also I like really like them. And so I want to have a conversation about boundaries so I don't get hurt. And then she sits down and is like, so if you ever need a toy, I'm here. Literally. Yeah. 
this is just bad on, on so many levels. And, you know, as happy as I was to get some kind of queer rep at the same time, I'm like, no, not like this, not like this. <laughs> this is, this is bad all around. Nicole is clearly very drunk. Like yeah. she is always. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you need to value yourself as a woman and not refer to yourself as an object. This is, this is not good for you, girl. Get out. Uh, go be a bisexual queen on a completely different show. Mm-hmm. We stand, but not like this. Well, and no. it's the other thing, too, is it's like, and you can tell Alexis is like, oh, this is weird. So she's like, well, we think of you as more than a toy. Um, and Kendall has a confessional where he's like, I think I'm in a throuple now. I like no, really barf. am feeling it with Alexis. And I really like her. And then he goes, I have a small connection with Nicole. Sh- Kendall. Yeah. Yeah, you cannot say you're in a throuple and then say in the same fucking sentence that you have a small connection with one of the people that you're in a throuple with. That's not a throuple. And I hate the word throuple. And I feel bad that I just said it like six times. But that's not (laughs) what that is. You're quoting. You're quoting. It's okay. It's like he is. He is. There is such a depiction in media of bisexual women as sexual objects for straight man's desire. Mm -hmm. And that is what is being perpetrated here. And I do not like it. And I do not like the people that are participating in the perpetuation of that. And it makes me feel real icky. And Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, not a fan of any of this. And Mm -hmm. I would love to see like healthy throuples on TV sometime. But uh, this is not what that is. Yeah, it's like we would like to see maybe like ethical non-monogamy instead of this. Mm -hmm. It's exactly it's I mean, it's just exactly everything you just spoke to, Evan. It's just like not good at all in any way. And I think that. Well, the next scene that they have with Kendall is when he's getting his hair done before the bonfire. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, you know, I don't know any of these single people. Like they, I, they I, have never shown us this woman's name. They didn't that's even what tell, I'm saying. like even she had a confessional during this and they didn't put her Chiron up. Um I here, know. let me let me go to the USA network website and we can figure out who this woman is. Well she's doing his hair and it looks great. And she's doing a she's doing flawless yeah. job. Yeah. Like best he's ever looked, probably. And she's talking to him and clearly in her confessional, she hates Kendall. She knows what he's up to. She's not about it. Um and he's she's asking him what it like how he would feel if he saw Erica doing what he was doing. And his response, this guy has the odd to say that he knows what he is emotionally capable of and he knows what Erica is emotionally capable of and because he is so much more like emotionally balanced he's able to cheat he would be upset if Erica cheated because he knows that she's not emotionally balanced like him like screw you this is the most narcissistic mm-hmm. like emotional manipulation gy- mental gymnastics that i have ever heard on television like he it's- literally says it sounds hypocritical but and i'm like if you say it sounds hypocritical but that means you're being a hypocrite shut up kendall um looking on the website it looks like um i think that that had to i don't i, don't, I think that that's lauren 
Well, she was not having it either. And she and was she like, like she was like, uh-uh, if I saw my boyfriend doing this, it would be over. Of course. But the fact, honestly, this is like what was disturbing me after I turned off the television. The fact that he's like, Well, I just know I'm so much more capable of things in my life, which means that I am able to cheat on Erica and still be in the relationship with Erica. But I know that if she did that to me, like, where do you get off, dude? Like you are so, so horrible. And I, I don't even have the words to describe how terrible you are to her. To Like, you're an embarrassment to everyone, uh, your family. I can't imagine any of his family members watching this, watching his behavior, watching his emotional manipulation and his mental gymnastics. Kendall could not make me more angry, truly. I Well, but that's the thing. Erica keeps saying, I can't possibly see anything worse at the bonfire from, than what I've seen. And then he reaches a new low. So I am not willing to say that he is not going to reach. He's disgusting, honestly. Yeah. Honestly, like really disgusting. Yeah, I have hated him since his intro package. And it's only mm-hmm. gone downhill from there. Yeah, he's the mm-hmm. worst man I know. Um, Should we go to Aaron and Corey before we get into these final bonfires? Let's get into the Aaron and Corey of it all. Um, So Corey's original bonfire scene at the top of this episode is um, that conversation between Shaquille and Aaron when they're like talking about, you know, being interested in each other. Um, and Corey's response is like, no, I'm okay. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm not as stressed. Like I'm, I'm learning to love myself. And Marco Wahlberg wants to know uh, what if it makes Corey feel good to have girls fantasize about a little bit of Corey. And um, Corey says, and I'm pretty damn good looking if I do say so myself. <laughs> and Marco Wahlberg's like, yeah, you like you betcha. Marco Wahlberg <laughs> has a little bit of a crush. <laughs> and I'm OK with it. How could you not? For real. Oh, man. I love it. I I mean, Corey, obviously, we know that my mom loves Corey, has loved Mm -hmm. him since the first episode. And Corey really, like, proves himself here because then in the car, I can't remember who was on the way back from the first bonfire or on the way to the second bonfire. He calls out Kendall and he's like, how can you possibly say that you want something still with your girlfriend? Like, either you're leading on your girlfriend or you're leading on Alexis. And yeah, Corey, thank you for saying something to this evil man. I, we are all thinking it. Yeah. So Corey might be a king. I may have misjudged him. Um, as is my <laughs> instinct to hate everybody on site. <laughs> I, I was wrong and a notes app apology may be forthcoming in this instance. Uh, <laughs> I feel badly about the way that I spoke about Corey. <laughs> it's okay. You know, you can't trust anybody on any of these shows. You gotta, they're guilty until proven innocent, you know? Exactly. That's yeah. true justice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. Aaron goes on a date with Griffin again, which I really <laughs> thought was never going to happen. Yeah. Um. After the way he totally shut her down about soccer that time, and I don't that's think hard. it's going to happen again. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's the worst thing that's ever. Happened. The 
this date was like the biggest train wreck <laughs> in the world. So okay, so Griffin for the people who maybe aren't watching this show, which I I can't imagine they exist, but just in case, <laughs> uh, so Griffin is like, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity to get to know Aaron a little bit more, and so he asks her about the bonfire the night before, and Aaron starts weeping instantly, um, mm. which is what she Aaron weeps, which is like nothing wrong with that you know Mm -hmm. let it out girl but it is very awkward because she starts talking about how her heart is breaking because she's realized how she treats people and she like is scared of losing people and she pushes people away and while she's saying that she literally physically walks away from griffin (laughs) and starts like dry heaving she's sobbing so hard that she's like hyperventilating and i was like can you imagine being griffin and just sitting there and watching this girl have like a full breakdown across the beach from you says i haven't been genuinely happy internally on this date (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And and while she's standing there weeping <laughs> on this beautiful Hawaiian beach, she is. I'm not sure if this is like the least flattering swim bottom I've ever seen or if she has a massive wedgie. I think it's a combination, <laughs> but it's a real, real awkward look for her. Um, well, I think wedgies are in right now. So it's yeah. in bikinis. It's, yeah. it's, it's I, not a it's not a look. So when she it should stop being a look. When she started <laughs> crying and talking about like her negative experiences, my first instinct was, is this about soccer? Um, which we find <laughs> out later that that's not the case but i was like is this because of soccer i also noticed she has a tattoo on her ribs oh and it looks like it's a like a shark bite like it just looks like a black hole on her mm. side huh. did either of you I notice this tattoo? no no i, I was looking look at her wedgie so <laughs> <laughs> she the thing about it that was like i was genuinely like Oh my gosh, because also it it sort of really put into perspective what these singles are doing. Like they essentially go on a date with someone and the person exclusively talks about their significant other. Um, And it's like, isn't this the biggest red flag ever when you're first going on a date with someone? If all they do is talk about their exes and like, this is all that we do on the show. And all I could think when Griffin's like just sitting on the picnic bench, like sort of like hugging his knees while Erica is like, fully hyperventilating, sobbing across the beach is like, I'm sure he's like, how did I get here? Like, I heard scratch. Did you, I bet you're wondering yeah. how I ended up here. Yeah. And he <laughs> makes, he makes no effort to console her either. It's <laughs> like my instinct in that situation would be like to like go and comfort her. She and literally his instinct ran away. Is to sit there and do nothing. <laughs> and then when she does come back, be really heckin' awkward about it. And mm. just make it awful it's, it's to be so around. Because yeah, she's like, oh, yeah, no, just some some intense emotions. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's OK. It's OK. Like, he's just like, nope, she stopped crying. I would like it, her to continue not crying. Let's go. The date is over. Mm-hmm. Let's get back to the house. That is then- that is a series wrap on Griffin. I guarantee you. I oh I mean Griffin also though I think is pretty good friends with Jesse and Erica because he was the other one at the table when mm. they were talking about like the threesome situation at the start of the episode. Mm-hmm. So I think we might see Griffin like talking to Erica and Jesse as like a third wheel, but I don't think we'll see him back on an. But you I know do. What? I thought that that was that we wouldn't see them back on a date before this, so maybe I'm wrong. I do love that then the outro music of this whole sequence, which honestly, like, 
might be the most funny sequence. I mean, obviously, like, she's sad, you know, it's sad, but like, the whole ridiculousness of it is amazing. Like, the outro music is this girl singing, like, this might be toxic, basically. And then we see Corey on his hammock date, as discussed. Um, yeah, real quick, though, with- real quick. While we're yeah. talking about songs that were uh-huh. amazing, there's a point earlier in the episode, and I missed this, that I want to circle back to, where it's Chelsea and Dr. Blake, and they're having, like, what is supposedly being like a romantic moment where they're like, Oh yeah, we're into each other now. But the song that's playing says my mind's racing fast, trying to find the red flags. And I'm like, this is the Dr. Blake three theme song right here. <laughs> it's like, this is not like a romantic moment. This is a red flags moment. And I just thought that I, was so spot on. Well, that, like I, they subtly snuck that, that one actually, in. Um, that also reminds me, Dr. Blake has a confessional in this episode where he's like, I'm hoping that Chelsea can see that there are better men than Tom out there. You know, men like me. And I'm like, yeah, Blake, there are better men than Tom. But like, are you one of them? I'm not so sure. <laughs> so then we get the weird hammock day yeah. with Corey. And, and I'm not going to lie. This. I loved it. In my notes, though, I wrote Corey and his blonde girl because I can't remember this girl's so name for the life of me. Here's how you remember which one is Amanda. She's not currently fucking Kendall. <laughs> <laughs> great i just forgot her name was amanda i I was still thinking like her name was nicole yeah no i knew there was amanda and nicole and i know nicole's the one who was crying that time but amanda's the only one who has exhibited i think any type of good sense actually yeah and she's she's nice she's like i just don't want you thinking that aaron's the best you can do like i want to be your biggest hype woman and then she's like you have pretty eyes and he's like he he He's like, she's like, I want you to have a relationship that fills your cup. <laughs> oh, good on her. Anyways, that's sort of like the end of any sort of. Yeah. Aaron. Like Aaron talks to Shaq as well about how she wants to oh, start yeah. opening up to people. And Shaq's like, yeah, we never have serious conversations about you. Um, so I guess that's a thing. Um, and then. They get to the bonfire. And should we start maybe with them on the bonfire and then go through the bonfire clips? Oh, hell or yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. So they the girls there are there first and Eric watch Aaron watches this hammock clip. The mm-hmm. aforement the famous hammock clip. Um infamous. And she's she's saying that, you know, she doesn't want to assume anything and self-destruct and she's working on her trust issues. And it comes out that before she's been in an abusive relationship. And obviously that's just so awful and I wrote in my notes like no wonder she's putting so much distance between her and Corey like she's scared of being hurt probably emotionally and like literally physically like she she says that she lost like a best friend so obviously she's been through a death as well Mm -hmm. and during that time her partner put hands on her which is Mm -hmm. it totally like makes a lot more sense of why she is so reserved the way she is and mm-hmm. and marco Wahlberg brings out the uh the timeless line people who hurt people have been hurt before um yeah he does your he does the goodwill hunting it's not your fault like sort of thing to her um which like obviously she needs and i'm here for but it's a very heavy-handed marco Wahlberg. Well, yeah because then he's also like oh are you ashamed that this happened and it's like you are not qualified to have this conversation marco <laughs> Wahlberg. like you're just simply not i love the guy but this is peak weird uncle energy 
I, I also think that this is like just completely accurate to and cir- circling back to like what we saw from the very first episode with them is like probably Aaron's relationships pre Corey have all been toxic relationships. So that's why she's been like, what's going on here? I can't decide like if I want something else, like Corey's not giving me what he should be giving me. And I think now she's realizing that what he's giving her is kindness and respect. And she's not perhaps used to that. And it's also like, there was moments earlier in the season where uh, Aaron talks about how like, Corey is not vulnerable enough with her. Um, Mm -hmm. And I do think that we are starting to understand why uh, a little bit more. And so I actually do kind of have hopes that they can make this work. Yeah, it's weird. Like the the general premise of the show that like people will come and they'll like (laughs) figure out their relationships by being in dates with other people is just ludicrous. There's no way it could work, but it's kind of working. Yeah, And that's what's amazing (laughs) to me. Yeah, does Temptation Island work, actually? Like, I I might be on board. This could be a, a real thing that's happening. Oh, man. Huh. Um, but then Corey's clip is Aaron on the date with Griffin weeping about how, like, she knows that she makes him feel like shit, basically. And, you know, he is, again, Angel Corey. And he's like, it's so tough to hear. Her, and I know she's taking full blame for my lack of confidence. But it takes two people, you know, in a relationship to have any w- sort of issue or work through it. And um, Marka Wahlberg asks Corey what he brings to the table. And he's has all these very nice adjectives about himself and it's it's cute yeah and this is when he goes i'm pretty darn good looking if i do say so myself (laughs) you betcha buddy you betcha yeah so um good on that maybe uh you know they get to give they get to send 30 minute or 30 second clips to their significant others next week so i'm really interested to see you know what aaron and Corey say to each other Yes, absolutely. Um, One more thing that happened kind of before the bonfire started is when um, Aaron and Erica were talking about like what would Kendall say? And Mm. Erica is so wise. She goes, he's going to say that we came with no rules, but like he did literally the worst possible thing you could do. Um, And I'm concerned about him pulling me back in because he's done that many times before. Uh, So... Yeah, I'm 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 worried. I'm worried for her. And when we get to the girls bonfire, um, Erica's clip is um, like him and Alexis on their date. And she says she's just happy she didn't watch him have sex. (laughs) And at the end of the day, you know, he doesn't deserve her. And my mom texted me and was so, so happy to hear uh erica say this and she said erica is getting stronger by the week go erica yeah little strong arm emoji oh when Mm. erica said i wish i could warn alexis i was Mm -hmm. like oh my god you're too good for this world i I just adore you yeah i had that written down i wish i could warn her and i thought like this is what a queen Right. Well, and because that's the thing, too, is it's like Alexis has clearly been like fully swept up and drawn into Kendall's situation. And this is probably what it was like when Erica and Kendall started dating. Like it's the whole like love bombing Mm -hmm. thing where you make someone feel like they're the center of the universe and then you, you know, go like he's already starting to do the back and forth where he tells Alexis that he doesn't want to give up on Erica like he's already he's literally starting the process to manipulate Alexis on TV and this is what Mm -hmm. he's willing to do 
on TV. Imagine mm-hmm. what he's doing when there's no cameras. I yeah. know. He's the worst. And Kendall's clip. Well, first off, Mark L. Wahlberg is like, Kendall, are you ready to see your clip? And he's like, yeah. And Mark goes, okay, buddy. Like, you can tell Mark hates Kendall. Mark is oh. not having well, Kendall. Kendall also is probably the type of person who, like, asks production for a lot. And they're mm-hmm. like, no. Mm-hmm. But um, the clip is just Jesse saying that he wants to get to know Erica. It's them on their date. And um, Kendall afterwards says, you know, he thinks that Erica is realizing who she is as a woman. And um, he doesn't think that she would be into Jesse. And he definitely thinks Erica can forgive some of the things she's seen. He says, Erica deserves more and has hidden talents. We talk about that all the time. Shut up, Kendall. Shut up. Shut up. I just. Yeah. If Kendall had any respect for the person that Erica is or the talents that she has and what she brings to the table, you wouldn't be so insistent on her growth and her achieving her goals or not. achieve. Like she is a wonderful person, but he is like, has it in his brain that she needs to like change and improve somehow. He doesn't think she's a good person. And that's because he is not a good person and he needs to just shut the F up about it. Yeah, I I still and you know what? Because I only want bad things for him. I will say it. Close your mouth all the way, Kendall. Don't be a mouth breather. He's such a mouth breather. Close your mouth, please, sir. I don't want to watch you breathe through your mouth every time I have to see you on camera. Anyways, got him. I hate. No, I hate him. I yeah, it's like no. the meanest thing I can think to say about I, him. I I mean, I said something meaner about him to Scally last week off the pod, but I don't think I should say it on the pod. Probably not. Um, Probably not. <laughs> uh, um. Okay. So Kristen, um, her scene mm-hmm. at the bonfire is Julian talking to the boys about how. Kristen doesn't want to marry him and he changes things to make her happy but is he happy and it's really hard when he puts a lot of effort in but it's never good enough for her and Kristen's response is just like she is finally realizing like her part in their Mm -hmm. relationship being so broken as well but it's like I still don't blame her I don't blame either of them they've been through so much yeah. I, yeah. Like I said at the top, I really turned a corner with them this week and I'm rooting for them. I hope that they leave together and are living a happy life now. They obviously I'm sure production told them like they're not allowed to post anything and like spoil the ending online. But um, she's the only one who hasn't been in pictures on Instagram with the other girls, probably because she lives on the East Coast and they live on the West Coast. Sorry, all my detective work. Um, she lives on the East Coast and they live mm-hmm. on the West Coast. But um, but yeah. I'm I'm hopeful that they can figure this thing out. I just I feel like it's possible, um, especially after seeing Julian's scene at mm-hmm. the bonfire, which was Kristen talking to Juwan about her brother passing away um, and how she didn't even know her brother had a, a struggle with addiction, that he was struggling behind closed doors. And she feels like she herself is also struggling behind closed doors, but in a different way. And she sees that she does need to open up and, you know, kind of let uh the 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 hurt out and and work Mm -hmm. through it and uh julian's like we're going through the exact same thing in here um i don't like seeing her cry but like this is a real topic and it's like this is real shit and like he's obviously glad that she's just opening up at all yeah and i really like the production is showing these two the clips that will help them both know what the other is going through and help them build our relationship because they could easily not do that. They could be real jerks about it. And just production 
interfere to mess mm-hmm. them up. They are they are fully on board with the you know the the Kristen and Julia love story, and they are trying to make it work, just like those two are trying to make it work. And I think it's mm. great. I respect it. I respect Me too. it. Me um, too. So I just guess like so. production is trying to break up Kendall and Erica, <laughs> which I also yeah. respect. Yeah, and Honestly, Chelsea and Tom. Is, yeah. is production on Temptation Island good? <laughs> like, maybe. <laughs> I hate to Wait, say so it. What if we learn from I this podcast? sound ridiculous, but what Temptation if- Island works and the production is good? so chelsea's clip that she gets is that gross clip of thomas rubbing mud on sophia's ass Mm -hmm. and afterwards she says she feels nothing and that she doesn't want her man to want to touch other women like that and after that i said yes because that would be my main problem with it all too is not even like the act of it it's the fact that their rules were very clearly stated and yet he still is pushing these boundaries in this way. Um, And, you know, she, Mark L. Wahlberg points out, like, you are immediately taking what he did because she's like, maybe he saw what, you know, the clip of me dancing and having fun and then thought he was okay to do something like this. And Mark L. Wahlberg is like, why are you blaming his actions on yourself? Um, And she says that's the setup of Temptation Island, Mark. Exactly. And, but she says, Hold on, sorry, there's a siren outside my New York City apartment. But um, she says that she uh, doesn't uh, feel like Thomas is taking this clearly. And um, she doesn't care how he feels. And Blake respects women. And he would never act like that. I mean, Chelsea. Yeah, because Let's not get ahead of Blake respects here. women. Um, I came. Okay. He respected all over her back. Ew. <laughs> Evan. Evan. Uh- Anyway, right. okay, so All something right. from this scene that was my favorite thing um, before that comment that Evan just made, which is my new favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Mark- my mother listens to this, Evan. <laughs> oh, my, my God, Mary, I'm so what? sorry. <laughs> Guess what? Mary has children, okay? It's, it's fine. She knows what's up. Mary, you need to come <laughs> on the finale so that there's not filth <laughs> like this on the finale of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for supporting my cause evan yes we love mary we want her on the pod um so marco Wahlberg says yeah it's not fun to see your boyfriend touching someone else i get that do you get that mark <laughs> <laughs> oh mark he's great he's he is i i i don't know if i like him but he is incredible tv he's Um, the heartbeat of the show honestly chelsea also says that he she is ready to accept that he cannot change his flirtiness and she cannot get over his behavior she's making a connection with blake he's obviously making a connection with that girl (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) iconic Honestly, oh my god, I, it's Chelsea, so funny. Is Chelsea the star of the show again? Maybe not the yeah. protagonist, but a star. She is a, a star. Um, it's really funny. <laughs> it, it really is. Like Chelsea and Thomas is actually like low stakes enough for me. Yeah, it like, makes me giggle because like uh, Erica and Kendall, like obviously we're a bit worried for Erica, but yeah. like Chelsea and Thomas is just like goodness it's they're gonna be like both of them as people will be fine after this yeah they're we don't have to worry about Mm -hmm. them right Mm -hmm. um 
So Tom's scene is Chelsea and Blake um, cuddling <laughs> in the pool. So like the, the dick rubbing scene um, he gets and, to see. And he closes his eyes halfway through. He's like got his eyes closed and he's not even watching anymore. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, this but isn't going to be good. What he says is, I'm surprised that she's falling for someone. But like, I'm also falling for someone with Sophia. So like, obviously, Chelsea doesn't feel valued enough by me. So she's looking elsewhere. And he's Mark- saying, he's saying, come on, Kirsten. He's no, saying, wait, that- stop okay, it. We'll ahead. get there. We'll get there. Well, it's fine. Um, and so then Mark L. Wahlberg goes, well, what are you getting from Sophia? That's new. And, and he's like, Sophia accepts that I'm flirty. And it's like, yeah, you're flirting with her, not with other women in front of her. <laughs> like, what the hell? Tom? I mean, like clearly it's like the type of situation when you try to break up with someone and they're like oh yeah I've been feeling the same way and it's like clearly you were not feeling the same way and you're only saying that to save your ego because he's like oh well like clearly she's feeling very very connected to this guy and really likes him and is falling for him but I'm I'm also doing that with with Sophia well yeah I just felt like he he like fully acknowledges that like there is nothing he can say here he's like yes what she is doing is upsetting me but I am not allowed to be upset by it because of who I am and what I have done. So I'm just kind of accepting the fact that my relationship is over now in front of everybody. This is awkward. <laughs> yeah. And he he has the audacity to say like, well, I just never expected her. I never thought I would have to worry about her doing this. Oh, yeah, because yes. you came here so that you could do it. Mm-hmm. But now that the tables have been turned and it, it doesn't feel so good, does it, Thomas? Feels bad. Feels bad, man. Mm-hmm. It was pretty uh, bad. Literally, just ugh, why men? Why? <laughs> like that's that's the conclusion um, at the end of this episode. Um, but we do get a little bombshell of the thirty second video messages that the the men can send to their girlfriends. So, will the men send thirty second videos next week, and then like women send them at a different date, or like does everyone have the opportunity to send thirty seconds? Everyone, I believe. I feel like they record them and then they do a bonfire where they all watch them. Um, and then they all get to respond. But like, I cannot wait to see what Kendall says to Erica, what Chelsea says to Tom. I like, can't wait to see what Erica says to Kendall. Oh, well, he gosh. said that they don't have to send one. And I am hoping she does not send one. And that Kendall uh, just reads the exact wrong thing into that. I don't know. Evan, I have some bad news. Should I, should we, should we say this is a spoiler for anyone? So this Mm -hmm. could be a spoiler for Temptation Island. We don't, it might be, it might not be. Mm -hmm. We don't know. Um, So skip forward like uh, a minute if you are concerned about this, but there is an Instagram post from January Mm -hmm. and Erica and Kendall were at the same location taking photos. The same resort. We know it is a current photo because once a girl commented on the photo and said, like, is this an old photo because of his hair? And he says, no, I cut my hair again. Um, And it looks like they are at the same like Mexican resort uh, in January, which was long after this was filmed. So there is fear that they have gotten back together, which means the reunion is going to be crazy if that's true. My mom is devastated. I, I cannot tell you the the text that I got from my mom. When I told her the news, I said, mommy, you're not going to believe this. I had to pull out the mommy because I knew she was going to be so upset. It's not good. It's not. That's, oh, geez. Uh, let's just hope that 
Instagram isn't real. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's yeah. still a chance. Yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Please. That's what I would like. I would like for Instagram to not be real. Praying that maybe that's when they filmed a reunion show or something. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, exactly. Uh, yeah. I didn't even think about that, Kirsten. That is a really good point. Maybe it's when they filmed the reunion and the tell all. And that's what's happening. And they were both. They all went to Mexico to do that. I'm praying. I'm praying. Um, I'm yeah. praying that they all traveled internationally during the pandemic rather than. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so much better than the alternative. Oh, man. Okay. Oh, that's awful. Come back. Okay. King of the week. Evan, who's your pick? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> I think I kind of have to go with Dr. Blake. <laughs> <laughs> for the, one, for the one, deck. One, one particular part of Dr. Blake is the scumbag <laughs> kick of the week. I so here's the thing. I would like to vote for Thomas as the scumbag king of the week. He literally wrote his name on a woman. Real contender. I'm seconding that. I think that Thomas wins scumbag king of the week. But Blake, a close second. I'm always here for any Blake um, hate on this pod. Yeah. For sure. Um, uh, so that's, I guess that's it. That's all. We Another episode of Temptation Island uh, in the books. Woohoo. Let's uh, hope that we get some good spicy drama next week i'm very excited yes. to see these video clips I'm, i hope they give us the goods. i'm very much hoping um that these videos give us a lot to talk about um because i'm very excited for next week's podcast uh mm-hmm. um evan if people would like to hear more from you where can they find you well the main thing is on twitter i am at shovel mage um, I tweet a lot of all lowercase nonsense tweets. Um, it's it's really my thing. Um, I might pop up here and there on RHAP, especially for you know hot dummies podcasts. Mm-hmm. Sort of like <laughs> the, the pandemic ones. came and just wiped out my ability to process any other form of television. So now I'm all in on this. It's great. <laughs> same. Oh my gosh, um, Evan. Same. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's a chance I might be uh, like early stage planning that's probably not going to amount to anything but i'm thinking about starting a podcast about the seattle mariners so uh i would be very excited to do that so if you're interested in listening to that follow me on twitter and maybe it'll happen and you will find out the details there if it does well and now you have to do it and evan is a great great twitter follow very funny yes um i am wonderful <laughs> You've been so wonderful on this podcast. Yeah, honestly. truly. Evan is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Anytime I get to talk to Evan, it's a good day. Um, Maggie, what else do you have going on? Where where can they Yeah, I'm I'm podcasting about Big Brother Canada. I'll be back, I think, Monday for the live feed update. Um, I'm loving the season. I think everybody is really fun and I would want to hang out with like 95% of them, which is more than any other Big Brother cast in recent memory. Um, and yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at underscore ML Morgan and on Instagram at ML Morgan underscore. I tweet a lot about Temptation Island and my mom. There's photos of my mom on Instagram if you're in- interested in seeing Mary. Um, so yeah, uh, <laughs> hit me up there and, uh, yeah, I'm lo- super looking forward to next week's episode. 
So hell yeah, it's going to be great. Um, if people want to hear more from me in the meantime, I am on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Kirsten said what three times a week. Uh, I'm podcasting about Bojack Horseman over on Bojack Horse Pod with Lindsay Wilson and podcasting about Riverdale with Mary Kwiatkowski over on Kowski Cast. Uh, and I will be on the Big Brother live feed update on Saturday. So uh, you'll get to hear from me again uh, soon on that. And so thank you. Thank you for paying attention to us when we're a train wreck like this. <laughs> Truly, it, uh, I apologize. I, I, sh- I should. No apologies, Kirsten. Hey, never mind. I take it back. I take it back. I never mind. I don't apologize. If you don't like it, it's curdy you. Blame Marco Wahlberg <laughs> for keeping me up past my bedtime. It's his fault. Um, so we will be back next week to talk about season three, episode six of Temptation Island. Um, it's going to be a great time. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.